was just like, you know, scientists not working with me. Nah, it's because you're so little. You have the, uh, like the, the makeup of a three-year-old. Uh-huh. So well, it's you, get like, three, you get three-year-old it's like, it's like Benjamin Button, but for height. <laughs> yeah. You probably get hair, foot, and mouth disease, don't you? You get no, I, just, I have not had that. Shut up. I have not had that either. Not have that. You out here getting all the baby diseases. Y'all are yeah. teething. <laughs> <laughs> Eugene, why is your name on Zoom grandma's hands? Because that's those are the hands that be smacking. <laughs> <laughs> your grandmother never smacked you? Oh, she. You, no, my my grandmother used to pinch, and that was like to this day. I hate being pinched because of her. You know, you know the back of my head. They got that little dip, like the Grand Ooh. Canyon. My <laughs> grandmother used to just just hit that one, hit that spot right there. Just thanks. So by the time you got to school and they was doing, you know, slap neck, you was fine. I was fine. No, okay. What would y'all call it? Slap neck. Slap neck. What y'all? I don't really it? know what it's called. I just know it's a slap neck game. We didn't use a slap neck. We used to take our finger and run it across the back of somebody's neck. That's it. Got, got your neck. So That's we would do and what we did was a combination of the two where you take your whole hand and you rake it across the back of someone's neck. Yeah. That's if you if you look high, people can't see it, but if you looked at, you know, if you, you look your at fingers it, like that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Now we we never did the the circle, but we, we would do this one, the the fingers. No, the the two times. Two times, <laughs> two times, two times. So that's a northern you know thing. That like teenage boys do not wash properly, and the fact that you guys are running around. According to whom? The who? back of people's necks. That is a myth perpetuated by big teenage girl that teenage boys <laughs> do not wash properly. <laughs> yeah. Why I gotta be specifically big? <laughs> Because we be out here bathing. We be in the shower a little too long. Yes. Okay, bathing in extracurriculars. And on that note, <laughs> there is the cold of it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With The Homie. As always, it's your boy, CJ, joined by the man who will slap fire out you for talking about his wife, Eugene McKeever. But we're also keep, back. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. Out your mouth. <laughs> that little laugh you hear in the background is D. She's back to talk about how her co-workers used to put everything on the top shelf she going to air her grievances today, boy. Just out of spite. It's kicking it with the homie. What's up, y'all? How y'all living? <laughs> What's going on? <clears throat> what, D, what are you looking at? I'm sorry. I'm trying to find this article, but I got caught up with some stuff about anti-racist baby. What they saying about it? That it's still the number one book that's selling. I don't believe that. So I was going to Amazon to find out. Nah, I believe it. After uh, why? Oh, Rafa, after old Rafa made a big deal out of it last week during KBJ's hearings. 
Um, I forgot about that. I forgot about that book. I want to get it just. I want to get it just to see. No, you don't. <laughs> Has anyone read it? No. Why no. would I read that? Because it, so Ibram Kendi, maybe Ted maybe Ted Cruz. Ibram Kendi. No, he didn't read it either. One of the leading voices right now in the anti-racist movement, and the, the, like, I can understand why none of us have read it. I've read some of his previous work, but his work is kind of largely geared towards towards white liberals. Like, I don't know many, many black people who are like, yeah, I'm, I need to read How to Be an Anti-Racist. It's usually us going, let me go on and get these to these white folks. That's very true. I'm going to read it. It's kind of. Because I want to buy it myself. I want to buy it. I'll probably use some, like an Amazon gift card to buy it. So I'm not using my money. I was just upset. I'm just, my only grievance with, with this is he wasted good school poster board paper to make large images of the pages from that book. As a very studious child, you know how mad I was when I didn't have the thick school-sized board, poster board to do my project and to now know and see that it was probably wasting on nonsense like that. That's why your arm's so strong now. Yeah, I could care less about the, the strength of my poster board. I'm sorry. I'm not going to fold my stuff in threes when I get on the bus. No, I'm slapping everybody. Listen, Just move. You're going to get this project on whatever I give it to you on. <laughs> you're lucky if you get a poster board. It might be on a piece of printer paper. Hey, you have a, you you have a that take three. You have a take three pieces of printer paper together. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. But you know, it's crazy. I started doing that when I got to college. They didn't get post board. Yeah, Jewu wasn't exactly the most um, academically rigorous place. No. No, my hardest class was English, and he literally told us the first day: as long as you quote everything, it's fine. As long as there's quotation marks and you properly source it, you're good. So that I did a whole research paper, nothing but quotations. <laughs> that sounds about right. I, I will give credit though to Dr. Gamble. Dr. Gamble was well, that was your boo. Dr. Gamble was your boo. Dr. Gamble, man. Dr. Gamble was your He is boo. one of those those compass-like voices throughout my academic history that kept me on a straight and narrow. So he was, like, he was like he was like um Tyler Perry and Denzel to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he, he had to he had to calm me down. He had to calm he had me down. To put some hands on people. <laughs> All right. So I obviously you can't podcast this week and not talk about the slap her around can. the world. Oh my god. Yes, you can. We're not gonna that, talk about it. We're just gonna reference it. Yeah, I think I've been today is Today's Thursday. By the time that people hear this, it'll be Saturday morning because I know y'all listen right away. Thank you very much for that. Shout out to our listeners in the Ukraine and in Romania. And we've got listeners in Brazil. So international. We are international. We've got listeners in Kenya uh, and Sweden. So, yo, shout out to y'all. In different area codes. Shout out to Ludacris. Word. But by the time y'all hear this, you will have heard every podcast every everybody who produces content in some way 
has talked about this. like there's this guy that i watch uh more plates more dates his youtube channel is all about like steroids and pharmacology and that kind of stuff and he did a 25 minute video on will smith's slapping chris rock so we don't need to we don't need to add to the noise but with that said what y'all thought about it <laughs> did, did either of you see it live no, because who watches the Oscars other than you? I mean, I, I was actually asleep. And at the time, Christina was watching Bridgerton. And I woke up okay. to a bunch of texts talking about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Yeah, and so my, all my group chats started pinging at one time. And I was like, all right, yes. something happened. The last time that <laughs> happened was when Kobe died. So when I'm getting this yeah. flood of messages, I'm like, all right, something, something's going on. And of course, so where, where did you where did you Japanese go from, where did you go first where did you where did you look where did you go first to find out what happened so the first link that was sent mm-hmm. to me was from twitter okay and then so i immediately jump on twitter of course <clears> and i'm like reading yeah. through and then somebody sent the link of the japanese audio where you could hear everything yeah and i was like oh oh will about about it yeah he's been watching too much that was Bel-Air. A, okay yeah that was that uh that was that west philadelphia but that Bel Air, West Philadelphia, not Fresh Prince, West Philadelphia. No, that was Fresh Prince. No, no, nah. yeah, that was yeah, that was Bel Air. That was Bel Air, West Philadelphia. I can't take the clap seriously. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take any of it seriously. <laughs> I think I think... ran it back about ten times to see if it was one of those fake hit your chest slaps, mm. because his hand placement and when he connected was very close to that hit your chest and hit like fake slap at the same time so, so you, think you are fake. yeah you're one of the conspiracy theorists who thinks yeah. that this was no no, no 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 not conspiracy theorists i think that it may have been a real slap but there was some type like this i don't want to say it was expected but it just right. seems weird this is going to tell us this your answer to this next question is going to tell us everything we need to know about you and this slap and all that do you think the moon landing was real no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> all right. So, okay. D thinks this was staged, much like the moon yeah. landing. Because how was the and flag blowing in the wind with no wind? But anyway, keep going. You think 9 11 was an inside job? No, no, no. No, no, no. We're not going to touch that one. We're not going to touch that one. Okay. Are you saying that? I see where you stand. <laughs> So for whatever reason, for like a solid four months straight, my daughter would go to sleep with a dollar, the same dollar every night. And on the back of this dollar was written, no planes on 9-11. It was just a random dollar I got in change that apparently some conspiracy theorist wrote no planes on 9-11 on. And that was the dollar she picked and slept with for four months. Why was she sleeping with that dollar? Yeah. What was she trying to get the conspiracy theories like closer to her brain? No, she was saving for a new frozen castle. So she wanted to keep her money close. That's my girl. Okay. But it was just that one dollar. Yeah. I'll send my baby. You never <laughs> thought to tell her, hey, this dollar is never gonna be enough. <laughs> so never you just it's never gonna be enough for what you're saying. You never thought to tell her that. 
And Yo, we're supposed to applaud your good parenting. Dollar <laughs> means nothing here. Yo, you could be out here crushing your kids' dreams if you want, but I'm giving my baby hope. <laughs> you hold on to that dollar, all right? That's you a false hope because that dollar is not going to do anything. <laughs> it's not going to amount to what she wants. That's okay. You didn't like try I'll to tell her, "Hey, you're going to need, hey, you're going to need more dollars." You just of said, "Of course, hey, I told her she's keep going to more. keep going to sleep with this one conspiracy." What eventually dollar. happened to the dollar, though? Does she still sleep with it? Did you take it from her? Like all things, we lost it. You lost it. So you so spent she, it and told her that. So she now lost she doesn't it. even have the dollar anymore. No, she's got that one, one that one dollar she was trying to save to get another frozen castle. Nah, she lost it. Was never going to get the castle anyway. Now she doesn't <laughs> even have the money. <laughs> she she has more dollars because this kid constantly cons me out of my money. Anytime she sees me with cash, she's like, "Oh, let me so let me get that dollar. Let me get dollar. that dollar." How does she con you out of her? How you can hustle by a four year old? Yo, you see her? We I just saw you last week in person. We brought our families together. Well, part of my family and your family together. And we had a wonderful dinner to celebrate Cece's birthday. You see those little what that, eyes. That what does that do if you're getting conned out of a dollar? Tell her no. Cash. She, yeah. did, she tried to take a yeah, five from you, me the other day. And I was like, nah, You're really nah, nah, nah. setting your kids up for failure. Because now they're going to think that they could just walk up to anybody and have their cash. <laughs> well. Ailish, don't and, become a grifter. And to- <laughs> <laughs> Don't become a grifter. <laughs> See, what's funny about this is we both have the same person in mind right now. That is so sad. Oh, I can't mess up my bag, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming back this week. I had to take a few weeks off and lay low. <laughs> Yo, um, you know, again, not diving in too much to the to the slap commentary. But there was this one uh, persistent line that came up amongst the many. You know, there were a lot of talks about mental health and trauma and Will beating up on somebody significantly smaller than him. But there was also that whole, why I got to act like this in front of white folks conversation. Yep, that one. And sweet baby Jesus, am I tired of that one? I personally don't care what white people think, so... Well, to bring it full circle Clearly. and cite the work of <laughs> Dr. Ibram X. Kendi in I his book. Dr. Omar. <laughs> For God. <laughs> I really thought she was about to say Dr. Omar. I was like, what did he say? Because <laughs> we need to know. Nah, in Stamped from the Beginning, the definitive history of racist ideas in America. Uh, Dr. Kendi has, talks about this idea known as... Uh, moral suasion which is if as black folk we would just act right then white people would respect us and honor us and treat us with dignity blah 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 and he shows in the book that throughout history there has never been a level of acting right that has warranted us our dignity and so what we're really here to talk about tonight is our interactions and dealings with white people on the job. And uh, this is in light of the good Judge Kentanji Brown Jackson being nominated for the Supreme Court and no Rafa Cruz, a.k.a. Teddy Cruz, a.k.a. I'm headed to Mexico while my people suffer, uh, 
while he was grilling her and trying to get his viral moment as she was being uh i don't know what's it called not confirmed she wasn't being confirmed it was the confirmation hearings for the supreme court and it made us think we don't all had some experiences like that white people acting up for no reason Corey, but the Corey Booker's in our life, stepping up. The other black people in I the office saying, "Yeah, he was my favorite." Yeah, this is what we what we go through. And I just want to say for the record, can anybody tell me five things that white people have conquered or accomplished without violence? Without violence. Ooh, I was if you have to, to think something. that long, I was, I was a, no I, reason I, I had, why I had we something. should care about the, the level. I Go had ahead. something, but it was it was problematic. And I I don't need the <laughs> the WMWs in my life, the well-meaning whites in my life, <laughs> thinking <laughs> that I feel this way about them. Um but yeah, I don't really know what they've accomplished without violence conquered or accomplished well you can't i don't know if anyone in history has conquered anything without violence accomplishments though accomplish i'm trying to think there's got to be i'm sure there's something i really don't know because there's nothing casseroles They figured out casseroles. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Hey, have you, you ever a had of... a green bean casserole? That is violence. I <laughs> green bean casseroles are violence. They figured out how to take a bunch of stuff in your refrigerator and say, "Hey, we can't do much with this, so let's just put it all together and call it a meal." <laughs> but, but you know, here's, here's my problem with that. Because as you know, the history of black food is that we were given the scraps. We were given the worst of the worst. Like you're not you you're not supposed to be eating chitlins and, and fat back and ham hocks and all that. Fat but back we, is amazing. No, I've actually never had fat back because I'm Caribbean and we just it's a ba- Babylon thing. They say it's a Babylon thing, but we were given the scraps and we were able to make something good out of it. Yeah, green now, bean I casserole. I didn't say the casserole Mm-mm. was accomplished with seasoning. I just said that it was accomplished. <laughs> I was going to say, because they never, let me say they, I don't want to generalize. We're not, not going to generalize. It's a, a struggle. Seasonings just seem to be a struggle. I about. have seen that seasoning, I learned this in my, um, my CBI cohort training classes that I've been doing the last five weeks. Um, I have seen that people of that particular demographic have not figured out how to properly use seasoning. But but all right, so here's the problem. This is a uniquely American white and I'll just mm. lump them all together, United Kingdom white thing. Because the Greeks can cook, the Italians can cook, even the Nordics who up there just preserving fish, they can cook, the Germans can cook, uh, the, oh, the Spanish, the Portuguese... This is an American white and United Kingdom white thing. The best food in London is Indian. They're known for bangers and mash, sausage and mashed potatoes. But look at how those two, those two areas came into their existence. 
on the backs of other people. So they never had to really learn those skills on their own. It was just when those other people said, hey, we're not going to let you do this anymore. They're like, oh, I guess we got to figure out how we're going to eat. But let's again, make like, a casserole. History, right? <laughs> history is like the Germanic tribes and the Nordic tribes were some of the most warring colonizing we out here conquering people on earth and even they learned how to put a little something together rome the holy roman empire 1500 years come on this man is talking like he was there so while you're caping for them did we ever find out something <laughs> that they've done without violence <laughs> i mean i listen casseroles they figured it out they figured it out with all violence. Okay, we can have that. So yeah, they right. set the bar for how to create or cook casseroles I, in front of other people and deem it classy. Cool. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm reading a lot of Black history face, right now. I'm not reading a oh, lot of white oh, history. We can, so We can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we actually can I'm tell. reading... We can I'm reading this brother, really great book right brother now, Claude. and I'm trying to get the author <laughs> to come on my other podcast. Uh, it's Born in Blackness, and it's all about the erasure of Africa and Africans from Black history, from history, specifically mm-hmm. the Middle Ages through, I think he said the 1970s. It's actually, it's a really great book. Yeah, that's a long time. Middle Ages through 1970s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, Howard French out here doing work. Oh, it's, it's a thick book. Thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> Yo, Dee Dee's struggling with us. <laughs> she do. She do. <laughs> I know her mind. She be like that. Why did I agree to get on this Zoom today? Because you weren't doing nothing else. You weren't doing nothing it's, else. It's Friday. You ain't got no job. You ain't got no job. Be funny, I got no job. First of all, I have projects. <laughs> the man said, "Okay, Tommy, <laughs> you know what I do." <laughs> I'm fr- no I'm free I'm freelancing. Okay, you, you're, bet- some, you're between like between gigs right now. No, I, I'm I'm building a table. All right, you out here eating from another man's table. I'm I over sure here am. building a table. Okay, you know I because I enjoy the health benefits at this table. <laughs> Over here saving my dollars for grit. Listen, that like, 401k. Not even 401k. The medical benefits. You know how expensive it is to have kids? Yo, my last job that shall not be named, the met the medical insurance there covered 100 percent of everything mm. for yeah. everybody in my family. I'm hoping to get that. Mm. I put that on my my prayer list. Almost made me comfortable working for somebody else. Mm. I'm good. Almost. Oh, and a, this is this has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I picked up my phone, which is bad podcasting. But Eugene, you'd be happy to <laughs> know plan, both playing a whole yeah. game is not. Uh-huh. <laughs> both okay. the Knicks and Wizards have officially been eliminated from playoff contention. Hey, as long as both of us are out, I'm good. Yeah, and that that my friends. Is what you call petty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what were we watching the other day? And I said they did a whole oh the Wonder Years. <laughs> they was talking about you. Oh, you yeah. were born petty. Ah, it's in my blood. I, after talking to my dad about 
my grandfather and my dad's upbringing, I realized that it is in our blood. This man told them they were going on a trip to Florida. He told them to meet him at his job at like 10 o'clock. They got there at 11. He waited for them to pull up only to drive off and leave them. (laughs) (laughs) He waited a whole hour for them to pull up and meet him only to leave them. Yo, that's so cold. <laughs> so I, I embrace that. That is just a part of who I am. My favorite petty story from my family, my pops, I think he was probably about 16, 15, 16, 17, somewhere in that range, you know, where, whereas men, we start to think we big. And my grandfather told him to do something. And my father was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Da, 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 da. My grandfather's like, all right, cool. Which, if my grandfather was that cool about something, you done messed up. So my father's like, you know, like an hour later, he said to me, hey, go to the store, give me some ice cream. And he's like, you, you can keep the change. So my father's like, oh, you know, I, I got some money. I'm going to get some ice cream. My father goes, gets the ice cream. By the time he comes back, all his stuff is outside in garbage bags. And my grandfather wow. changed the locks that fast. Wow. So of course, my father wow. banging on the door, let me in, let me in. He's like, oh, nah, nah, you grown. It's time for you to get up out of my house. My father, so it was an apartment building. My father slept in the hallway that night. And at like four in the morning, my grandmother had to open the door and let him in. <laughs> he was like, I shut my mouth from that day forward. That was it. Your grandfather, your grandfather was waiting for that moment. He he had that he had that knob ready since your he since already your had the lock bar. He had that joint since your father's 10th birthday, sitting <laughs> in the drawer, waiting, <laughs> waiting for that moment. I respect it. And I can't wait. My turn. Why would you speaking speaking of petty? What's the pettiest thing I ever did on y'all job? The pettiest thing. <laughs> so I got up one day and I drove to work. It was it was an hour drive. Drove to work, got to the gate, to the gate, and I said, I can't do this today. Pulled my phone out, <laughs> sent an email. It was like, yo, I'm not coming in. I'm sick. Turned right back around and went home. I made it all the way. Somebody could have saw me. Could have sold my car. I was like, I don't care. I'm just, I can't do it. What about you, D? Um, you little, so I know you got a lot of stories. <laughs> what that mean? Anybody Not- under anybody under five three, like it's just petty for no reason. Actually, I'm not that petty. I'm not that petty at all. Um, I did, I did work for this one. That's not true. Oh no, I'm gonna just let her keep on with her. <laughs> Her story of no, I work lies. For this, I work for no, no, no. I work for this one, this one uh, department that I shall remain nameless. And I did not like our VP. And she came in there, and I used to call her horse mouth because, like, she was just like a horse. And she was saying how, you know, people there was something a bug going around the department. So if you get sick, there's an expectation that you come into the office anyway. Um, but she didn't want to get sick, and so I thought that work. That sounds because healthy. I didn't feel well. Yeah, she was stupid. Something I didn't feel well. Without violence. <laughs> I didn't feel well. So I didn't go in one day. And my manager, who was super cool, she was like, hey, just kind of gave, give you a heads up. She did come down and ask where you were. I let her know if she was sick, blah, 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 whatever. We were supposed to meet on a project that I was leading. I moved all the meetings to the next day and I came into work. And I sat in the office and I sneezed. <laughs> I coughed. I blew my nose. And then I left right after our meetings and she got sick 
Wow. Oh, you are here doing <clears throat> biological super, warfare. Super spreader. <laughs> she didn't get it for me. She could have got it from anybody else. It was like five of us that were out. It was like somebody had spread some type of bug. It was before the pandemic, though. So it wasn't COVID. It was like years ago. Well, I will say for me, I had a manager ask me to do something, and I told him that is not in my job description. Hold on, and hold so, on. is this when we work together? No, 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 no. no. Oh, I, I was no. thinking of another story. No. no, I mean, I did, I, I did do that when we worked together, but this was in a corporate job, and so he kept telling me to do something. So he left me. He left my desk. And so I went online and I printed out the job description for my position and I taped it on the wall next to my desk. So every time he came over to me, (laughs) he would see that job description. He never asked me to do anything outside of my job description again. You know what? I really don't know how you haven't been fired from my places. (laughs) This is the thing. North Carolina is an at-will state. It so if they, if they fire you, they have to have good grounds for firing you unless they're, unless they're prepared to pay unemployment. Now, no company wants to pay unemployment because that's basically money you're paying someone who no longer works for you. It's not coming just from the EEOC. It's coming from that actual company. So I know I'm not going to get fired. Without- What's that joke? Every nigga's a certified paralegal. You you hear all that? <laughs> My man said, I know the law. I know it. Oh, yeah. No, I do. I do. I, I help both of y'all with your unemployment situations because I I know the rules. I used to work in payroll. I used to have people all the time. I know you I know you're not gonna fire me without documentation because I'm gonna come and I'm gonna appeal that firing and I'm gonna get my unemployment money. And I'm gonna keep filing until I get my first check. From my next job and that may be two weeks after i've already taken the job but i'm going to keep filing but <laughs> <laughs> eugene really be trying he be trying <laughs> and i'm a black man so i'm, I'm a protected i'm a protected i'm a protected class <laughs> in the in these current climates uh, all right so what's uh What's the pettiest thing someone has ever done to you at work? I'm trying to think about something that won't get me in any kind of trouble. I'll I'll go to fill the time. Why why y'all think? I had this one job where this lady ran her department Mm. on fear. Everyone who worked there, all the women that worked there, worked in that department for like 20, like 20 years with her. Now, this was in finance. This woman got a degree in psychology in the early 80s. But because of that, she felt like she knew people and she could play mind games. So the way the job worked was every day of the month, I had a different task. And then like the last week was kind of clean up to get ready for the next week. So I get trained for three weeks on what is essentially a four week job. And then like the woman who was training me would come in an hour early, stay an extra two hours. And I was only allowed to work nine to five. 
So basically, I was just being set up for failure. So week one of the next month comes where I'm supposed to take over and do things. And I'm floundering from day one because it's like the job that I did, a bunch of other departments rep- uh, relied on the reports that I generated. So if I start falling behind, everybody starts falling behind. And she watched me suffer for four days. And on day five, calls me into her office. And she had asked me like two or three times, hey, do you, you doing okay? You need anything? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. It's just a lot. You know, I've got my notes here though. I took very meticulous notes. But the problem is, again, the woman who was training me was in an hour before me and staying two hours later. So as meticulous as my notes were, they were going to be incomplete. So on day five, she calls me in her office and she's like, so how did this week go? And I was like, oh, it was terrible. Um, absolutely just, just bad. I was suffering from day one. And she goes, well, I saw you going in the wrong direction, but I didn't say anything because I wanted to see if you were going to ask for help. And I was like, you the boss, not me. If you see me going in the wrong direction, why didn't you say something? You asked me if I needed help. And I said, no, because I thought I was doing the right things. I was just moving slow because I was new. She's like, nope, you were working on this report on Monday when you should have saved it for Wednesday. And that Wednesday report, you should have started on Monday. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me that? She's like, because I wanted to see how you would do. You have to understand, I know people. You know, how do you think I know that you like to cook? (laughs) Because I got you to tell me that. I was like, ma'am, we were having a conversation about outside (laughs) interests. Me telling you that I like to cook is not you getting into the deepest, darkest you know, secrets of my heart. Just acting like they know it. No, you know. I'm sorry. I'm like, no. I'm like, so you just tanked your department for a solid two weeks because you wanted to be petty and not help me? Forget it. Wow. Forget it. It how was so bad. On, how long did you stay on that job? Oh, six weeks. <laughs> I think I made it six weeks. It was so bad that this woman... And so I was probably... It was right before I got married. So I was like 26, 25, 26 at the time. And so still cute. I had like just started working out. So new body and this older woman in the, in the department. How did we get there? Because watch, this older to, woman in the department, she, she walked past my desk and threw a piece of paper at me. And it was, it was, her, it was her number. And I was like, oh, was, she was older. So I was like, oh, this. And when I say older, she was probably like, mid 40s which i realize now isn't that old but i was that's like, not oh, like i was like you know i gotta let her down gently you know let her know i'm so engaged you could have got 40 acres and a mule but you wanted to be faithful i get it <laughs> so <laughs> i i call i call her that night and i you know in my mind i'm preparing this speech on why i gotta let this old lady I, down I, wait wait no 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 let him let him finish let him finish let him finish let him finish the, the go paper ahead, said ahead. call me and in my mind i'm like well if she's trying to hit on me and I'm going to see her every day at work. I can't make it awkward. So let me just, you know, let me, let me handle let this. Me just use the number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call finish. <laughs> so she calls me. So I call her and she's like, I'm sorry. I just didn't want her to see me speaking to you because it would have led to a lot of trouble. And I was like, what kind of slave ship are we running? <laughs> were you afraid to talk to be seen talking to me in public? So all that to say, she wasn't trying to, trying to holler at your boy. She was... She was trying to give me tips on how to deal with this lady. So, a couple follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, want to circle back on 
<laughs> one key thing that you said. <laughs> at, you said at the time you were engaged? Yes. You were engaged. Okay. And this this woman, this coworker, mm-hmm. threw her phone number at you. Mm-hmm. And you called her thinking yes. that she was hitting on you? Yes. So your goal was and, to let her down through conversation. Yeah. I was, so again, but y'all couldn't have that conversation at work. You had to call her after work. So I, but did you not hear what she said to me? I couldn't let her see me talking to you. So, you didn't know that until you called her. Exactly. But, but we never talked at work because she couldn't be seen talking. I didn't know she couldn't be seen talking to me, but it made sense why whenever we saw each other at work, it was always very quick high by like in passing was there a talking policy in play no this woman was a was a quiet hours, degree like in psychology <laughs> this woman who got her degree in psychology she ran the place on fear like everyone was so afraid of her so all the women that were with her had been there for like 15 20 years How? and then all the guys were very young all the guys were like my age and the one that had been there the longest, it was maybe she was two years. She was running something. <laughs> she was running a brothel yeah. with the women. The men were the clients and the women could not look at them. <laughs> that was, that's the only time I've ever cried. Like actually cried about a job. Aww. Just hating it so much was that place. Aww. After six weeks. Yeah. I was like, I can't. I remember calling my wife and be like, yo, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, oh, I called, cannot you come back. You, you called the co-worker and then you called your wife. <laughs> <laughs> you called you called Ooh. the co-worker to see what she was talking about. I was like, oh, <laughs> you're trying to give me tips. You wasn't really into me like that. Let me call my fiance. Yeah, you know. Listen. You was I'm on not going to set you, you up on. like that. It's a little questionable. Oh, no, forget but... that. I'm I'm all for Ooh. the L.E.U. I didn't say my logic was sound. I'm, out, I'm, out I'm just like telling you where I was at. <laughs> I, I'm gonna set it. I'm gonna set it up right where it can be slammed. Yo, so I'm Kenya Martin out here. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I just had that been me, I probably would not have told that story on a public <laughs> platform. <laughs> that just would have been something that I just. No. Hey, it was like ten years ago. What does that mean? It's 10 years what is, ago. What does that mean? It's not that big of a deal. There's, well, there's no such thing. There's, no such, hard he hit him? there's no such thing. That's why it was warranted from 10 years ago. You see, you see my name. <laughs> Grandma's name. <laughs> <laughs> Who hands I'm a catch? Grandma's. Nah. Oh, so I you said. No. I word. Noted. <laughs> see, here's the thing it's two grandmas. One grandma, I'm sending, I'm sending never, never gonna, one grandma never catching those hands. I am, I am her world. The other one, I could catch her hands, but she's old enough now that I'm fast enough to dodge them. So well, I'm not so, so I'm not so grandma's hands are that's not I'm not talking about actual grandma's hands. I'm talking about hands that slap like grandma. Oh, I ain't worried. That's cool. I'm a, I'm a send I'm wait till you post wait till you post this episode. <laughs> <laughs> instigator see i can only imagine because i've had actually i had a job interview this week and i don't know why i felt a little comfortable and i was talking about some of my bad working experiences i've just had some really bad working environments you did 
like to the point where to the point where i started to think no i'm crazy but thankfully i got people like y'all in my life to be like no this situation is messed up like it's it's not you it's it's this weird place yeah i'm the last time you were on you would tell me about i was like that really shouldn't be happening especially (laughs) in your position you should not be going through that (laughs) do you remember when i sent you the seven screenshots and i said when i get fired this is why yeah yeah. I I remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's an off the off the podcast. That's, 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 that's an offline conversation. I, offline. I didn't ask any questions. But going back um, to go ahead, Easy. You got one? Oh yeah, I got one. Um go so the same manager who I had to post my job description on the wall. Y'all really didn't like each other, huh? No, he really didn't like me at all. <laughs> um How I actually, saw, actually saw him recently and I was literally talking about how much I did not like him and he was walking by and I stopped. I was like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? Because I mean, because that's me, because I wanted to see if he was going to stick to not really liking me, but I could tell Mm. like in the conversation, like he was looking at me and like his tone and everything was like, dad, you got out and I didn't get out. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) in my mind, like we're having, we're, we're, we're talking to each other, but like we're having this unverbalized conversation to one another where it's like, yeah, you want to be in my position where you're not working here, you're visiting this place and you're not, you're still working here and you're doing more than you want to be doing because you don't really want to do anything. So that being said, that same manager, he, I start, he started giving me more work than what was really part of my job description, which I was like, okay, I don't mind doing that because I can get overtime doing this. So he called me to his office one day. I was like, hey, you had 0.8 hours of overtime last week. 0.8. Now, if you don't know how much 0.8 hours equates to of overtime, I will let you know because I calculated it. (laughs) That was about seven minutes of overtime. That's the difference of me going to the clock and someone else needing to clock out before me and me not being able to clock out at my designated time while he's still giving me more work than what's in my job description. So I was like, I said, you're complaining about 0.8 hours, not even a whole hour, 0.8 hours of overtime. I said, do you know how much time that is? He was like, well, it's just, you just can't have anything over 40 hours. I said, well, you can't give me anything more than what's in my job description. So I can't keep doing this extra work if you want me to work just for 40 hours. Now I'm more than happy to still help you out and take some of the load off of you because I know you don't want to do this work. But if you want to complain about hours, then don't give me any more work. And that was the last time we talked about my hours. (laughs) Point eight hours for seven for seven minutes. Seven minutes. Seven minutes over the course of the week. Not even seven minutes in one day. Over the course of the week, I had accumulated seven extra minutes. Dags. <laughs> yeah. D. So my petty stories. Yeah. Long story short, he spoke with this guy who would actually take me out. I declined. He says. We worked together and I just wasn't that interested. 
Um, but I would have lunches with, you know, my colleagues and there's just one particular person that a lot of the girls found handsome. I just thought he was a cool dude. So we had um, ordered a bunch of food for like different people, but he was like, hey, I'm gonna ride with you to go pick up the food. Cool. So we rolled together to go pick up the food, but we were coming back to bring the food for us and our other colleagues. I had the food. It was really good. I said, I'm going to take the rest of, you know, rest of the home, go for dinner. And the guy that wanted to take me out, he was like, yeah, what did you have for lunch? I'm telling him, I'm like, oh, I had this, 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 this. He was like, yeah, was it good? And I was like, yeah, it was good. He was like, oh, okay. He was like, still can't take you out? He was like, I no, like, no, thank you. About 30 minutes later, he came back, he was like, yeah, it was good. Do you know this person ate my food? <laughs> <laughs> He went and found what I had <laughs> in the refrigerator, rose it up. Sorry, <laughs> that is not how I was expecting that, that story I did to not see I didn't see it going that way either. I was thirty-six degrees hot. Like I did, I I didn't understand it. I did not was understand. It. I was like, how could? <sighs> was he thinking if I ate her was... food, she'll be hungry, and then I can take her out? <laughs> Or since she won't take me out, I'm going to eat her takeout. I guess along those lines. I, I don't know. But I was like, did you eat my food? And he was like, oh, yeah, it was good. You said it was really good. So you wow. ate my food. I legit went to HR. I was like, is there anything I could do? She was like, of course <laughs> no. no. She was like, I could, I could talk to him. She, nah, she, that's you know, when you she, catch she grandma's hands. Him, but you catch grandma's I was hands. ready to fight. Because I actually had worked, you know, extra i think i worked 15 hours that day and i knew i was gonna get up too late to go get food of substance so i was like i had my heart set on this plate when i got off yeah, that sounds like a call and center story <laughs> were, were, were you in a call center no that that sounds like call center behavior no, no <laughs> but i was so <clears throat> upset speaking of call centers so my first interview out of college right, was at this place called the Center for Economic Opportunity because oh, I'm going to name them names. every chance I get because they deserve all the smoke. So as you know, on paper, you read my name, you think that a Jewish man is walking through the door. Claude Alexander Cordobon II. I walk in. I remember this is my first interview out of college. I'm mad nervous. All I got is church clothes disguised as business clothes. And I'm like, yo, I got to do this. So I get a job, whatever job in finance at the height of a recession and I walk in and the receptionist looks at me and she goes can I help you little old Jewish lady I was like yeah you know I'm Claude Quarterbaum I'm here for my interview and she just looked at me like you I'm like all right I know how this is going so she picks up the phone and she's like um Claude is here and this guy comes walking out I'm the only person in the lobby now and he's looking around high and low I'm like sir Sir, it is, it is me. I know you were expecting something different. Come on. He spent the entire interview. I, it was like a data analyst position or something. Spent the entire interview trying to convince me that I wouldn't want the data analyst job, but I'd be great for their call center. The difference between a $55,000 a year job and a job that paid, I think at the time, probably $9, $10 an hour. Not even 12, because this is nine. nine. This was 09. You could still nine, get away nine with it. $9 in New York? Fam, 
It's a call center. Jeez, hard out here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I've had plenty of interviews. You know, when I talk to uh, high school students and stuff now, you know, they joke about how old I am. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I was looking for jobs before you could just Google somebody. So my name yeah. got me a lot of interviews that my face yeah. got me out of. Yeah. True. 2009 to 2013, I got into a lot of interviews without putting my race on the application. Oh, yeah. Every application didn't have that, that questionnaire. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't have that questionnaire. They are doing a huge disservice. And that's pretty dangerous. So they, can get I you mean, with, they can get you in trouble with OSHA. Now it can get you in trouble. But back then, yeah. they didn't do it. Here's the problem. And this is, so with things like the Crown Act, right, designed to protect us, you can't legislate heart change. So when I was working in yeah. finance, I had this boss who I don't know why he felt comfortable saying this to me and the three other black people in, in the department. But he was like, oh, yeah, if I get a um, he was like, if I get a resume and the name looks too ghetto, I just throw it out because I know I don't want that kind of person in here. And I'm like, you didn't you didn't ask what kind of person. It's one of those uncomfortable situations where oh, I, I lean into the uncomfortable. I, I know you do. What kind of person is that? I think at so <laughs> approaching 35, I think I am more apt to lean into that discomfort and have those conversations in a way that I wasn't at 22. Remember this, so this was my first job out of college. This is my first time really being around white people. Like the majority of the time, yeah, learning really to navigate those. Yeah. He wasn't around them in college. Like I met my first white person on a pair level in college, but I didn't like actually start being around white people until that job. And so I rem- this was right after Obama got elected. I remember this one guy would argue with me every day about how black people only voted for him because we wanted free phones. I'm like, sir. I ain't, I ain't even vote for him the first time. I don't know a single person who got a free phone. I didn't get a free phone. What are you talking about? How we're welfare queens, like all those things. I was say I did have a, a guy, a white man I used to work with, um, explain to me that he thinks the black men being treated unfairly by police was just over exaggeration because they didn't like following following the rules. This is before coffee at 7 30 in the morning. I legit was asked to take a walk. Oh, he was he was shows because chaos. I lo- I locked I locked my laptop and turned my entire chair around. <laughs> and my manager was like, "You guys are a little loud." I don't care. You didn't even let me have coffee, so you're here for a conversation. We can have this conversation right now. So he came into your office or your cubicle, wherever you're. He came to your desk to volunteer that information well it was okay so like how it was set up i hated how the setup was it was supposed to be like this open concept right and me and this one other girl was facing the wall which is so stupid and then you had two more cubes behind us using timeout but we had no they said oh it's open because we had this big old windows to the side but you have to turn sideways look out the window stupid but behind us, there were two people facing away from us. It was like basically two people facing a wall on each side and then four cubicles in the middle. So he sat behind me 
And as he was coming in the morning and going to his desk, he had to pass me. And that's when he said, he's like, you know what, Deanna, uh, I really think that, you know, black people are just complaining. You know, black men really aren't harassed by people. Like he just went, as he's logging into his computer, I locked my laptop and turned my chair around. My man had been thinking about said, that all morning. All morning. Let's have this conversation. And like I was the, the whole black, ride. I, I wonder where only... he lived and how long of a commute <laughs> well, he had to be thinking about I was the only that. black senior analyst in that department and i was the only black person on that team i got moved but to that team you know he was brushing his teeth that morning like I- i'm gonna tell you about these these black people just, oh, just don't follow directions i legit before lunchtime had scheduled a meeting with the executive hr business partner in the other building with four pages of notes <laughs> on how he should be fired you know what it was because he, he was probably told you to do something manager. He probably told you to do something and you ain't do it. And he was like, just like black nah. men, they'll never listen. Nah. He was sleeping with the project manager. And Ooh, I got on, I had spicy. a call, I had a training. I had a training. Tea time. And you know how I used to do training for that fast uh, system. And she started speaking, asking questions for me to show the regional manager something, but it popped up with his name. And both of them were out of town on a business Ooh. trip. And mm. I was like, and, and, you, and you guys know, you know how it sounds with my laying down. <laughs> yep. I took that whole car. I took every, like when I tell you, I went straight over to the HRBP. And they went over right to the VP and they had a meeting. And yeah. Did he get fired? He, no. But she, he no longer reported to her. So we no longer reported to her. She got moved to another team within the department still. Were they both? But after my departure, yes, he got promoted. And then they got married. And she had a baby. And then the VP who had a crush on him fired her. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a whole love and hip hop mess. That entire department, when I tell you, had some mess in it. That sounds that was, like an episode of Dallas. But you it know what that what that shows? What often happens in these workspaces? The amount of mess white people are allowed to get away with. Are allowed, yeah. That we're not. Oh my goodness. When I because got it's, uh, it's ridiculous. When I got let go from my first job in finance, the reason cited, of course, after I left, because if, had they said this to me, it would have been grounds for a lawsuit. Yeah. But he told someone else like he cared about his religion more than he cared about the job and the reason he said that is because i started going to seminary i was in grad school at night so never affected my job i was at work on time every day doing what i needed to do but after work i had class and i'm like that's interesting because this guy over here took a job bartending on Thursday nights, which causes him to come in late every Friday. And he also leaves early on Thursdays to go bartend and then would come in late on Fridays because he was tired from his late shift bartending. But he didn't he didn't value bartending more than he valued his job. Meanwhile, the thing I'm doing had no effect on my on my job. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous what they're allowed. And um I know about it as a book. 
Who is they? The demographic in which we're speaking to that does not, you know, have a lot of melanin within them. The whites. She Name, the them. Whites. <laughs> Name them. Name <laughs> them. I know you choose pettiness and violence. I didn't wake up to choose that. <laughs> But, but it, it is to, uh, it, it is important to name them. No, it's important. We, it's important think... to it is important to to show who we are talking about. As we think about Kentucky, right? Things, and not to give people too much power. So there's power in the name of Jesus, not white people. Wow. But shout out to um is a book I actually want to speak to. It's called um, I'm Still Here, Black Dignity uh, in a World Made for Whiteness. I'm still here. (laughs) 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 Shout out to Tisha Campbell. (laughs) Funny, because you know what that song is about? We can't laugh at that. What is that song about? (laughs) Her uh, surviving sexual assault. Being late. I did Sorry, not know that. Words. I didn't know that, yeah. but I still find that the song is that is funny. what the, that's what the song de- is derived from her healing. But what I was she's just saying she's still here. I can't, I can't <laughs> with you. So I'm still here. The black dignity in a world made for whiteness by Austin Channing Brown is a go-to. I think for your uh, black female listeners. It helped get me through some tough days, but it speaks to. I say I read the book too. I think for Black people in general, it's Black people in general, right? Book. Right. They got it, an audio book. <laughs> this nigga don't never want to flip a you page. Kill my <laughs> All you gotta do is turn the page. You open it. It's a no, short book. It's a short book. No. It's super I short. I think you could read it. I I gotta be able to multitask. <sighs> If I'm reading a book, like I'm just sitting down reading a book, but if I'm listening to a book, I can wash the dishes and listen to and a book. And this is why Dr. Ismar can... tells us to just save our great money. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, it's a great book. Um, Eugene, I will look to see if there's an audio book available for you because there are some gems that I think you should know about. Um, but it, it's a, even when we try not to, we are kind of, we're in a space to where it, we, it's our responsibility to make the white people around us comfortable, or at least they try to make us feel that way. And then don't let you be the only black person that's in your department or, you know, one of my previous roles, I was the only black person in the building. Damn. I remember that. I remember that time for you. And it was, it was like, now there was a Mexican American lady that worked with me, but my one of the one of the ladies in the in the department. I'm not gonna call her out. One of the ladies in the department. She said something one day. She was like, you know, I went to to Duncan and Is they that, were playing that's the a voice, lot of like, that's the voice she said that. Yeah, that's her voice. Because <laughs> it was out of nowhere. It was out of nowhere. I went to Duncan and they were playing a lot of like Mexican music. I was just like, oh my God, what is the Spanish stuff? Not warranted. No one asked. She just felt the need to share. And the Mexican American lady that was there, and I, she was Mexican, she's not Hispanic, so I'm correct to say that. Um, or she would always correct us. Um, 
she didn't say anything. She was like, oh, yeah, that's Spanish music. It's, it's fun. If you don't check her out. But she looks to me, and then she came to me, like, after, you know, everybody walked away. And she was like, I think that was kind of messed up what she said. I said, that was your, your opportunity to say something. She was like, yeah, well, maybe you should bring that up in our next thing. No, no, no. No, no, no. She didn't say nothing about uh, rap music. <laughs> I don't have to speak to anything. <laughs> she, ain't, she ain't come from my people. <laughs> she ain't come from my people. So, yeah, no. I, the Crown Act, I'm grateful for. But I think it will require, um, as you said, you cannot, you know, change hearts. You cannot change bias. Um, and what I've learned is there are a lot of places that offer you know, the whole DE&I network and say, oh, we're here, we accept your locks, we accept your hair, we accept your curls. They don't. They don't. It's still it's still going to be an issue. Um, yeah. And that, that was shown with the KBJ hearings. And let me just say, her sister locks are beautiful. I want sister locks. I just don't have the guts to start them. Listen, I have consulted well, for... <laughs> um, well man shut up <laughs> and you know eugene likes to say i'm tommy but in the work that i do i do a lot of <laughs> dei consulting for various organizations and i often find that a lot of places want to do the bare minimum what's the most surface level thing that we can do to say we're checking the box and in the end nothing changes. And I, what I often find is that for us as Black people, what you usually find is we, we have to click up and stick together when we're in these situations. Yeah. Uh, my last job in finance was at a Japanese bank and they hired me and another young Black guy. And we both started on the same day and people kept asking us, oh, did you guys come from the same program? Did they hire you together? Because they had never before hired two Black people at the same time. And it was so bad that, of course, within the first three days, all of the older Black people said, you're coming to lunch with us. Like, it was a true meeting. It was a true Black people meeting that was held regularly. And they were like, all right, so one, once every two weeks, we have this lunch. You are expected to be here. No, it's not a part of your job. This is us. This is the Black people meeting. And the second thing is you get out of here as fast as you can. And every single job that I've worked in finance, for better or for worse, there was always an older Black person who said to me, get out of here as fast as you can, because there's no future here for us. And the allure of finance is the prospect of how much money you can make. And so even if oh, you yeah. top out at the middle, you still make a decent amount of money and that's enough to have kept people around. But what I often found with our people is you know they'll be in their 50s 40s 50s and feel like it's too late to make a career change and they'll always look back and go let me stop you from making the mistake that I made so I yeah I think about that and I think about Cory Booker and how after Kentanji uh took all that heat all that mess all the foolishness the stupid questions and this is this is not an endorsement of her politics or who she is. Cause I don't know enough about her, but it's the fact that he had to step up and say, yo, I see you sister. And I got your back. I'm here for you. Like we constantly have to do that for each other because otherwise it's real lonely. 
Yeah. So at my job, <clears throat> we have a whole meetup and it's it's called the Black Leaders Black Leadership Alliance Council. That play basketball? But, <clears throat> no, no, no. That's that's uh, hoop ther- that's hoop therapy. <laughs> <laughs> they play basketball and eat chicken. <laughs> Um, the Black Leadership Alliance Council is a group of any Black person or my. It's really for Black people, but minorities and allies of Black people are able to join as well. So we do a meeting every month, but every every other meeting is just the Black people. And then those the meetings that aren't those meetings, those are open to everyone in the company, but just to have those spaces and you know um ashley roseboro she just started she just started working at my job so oh, he's giving out full government names i mean how I'm else you want i mean that's fine i mean i'm not saying nothing bad about her <laughs> <laughs> he just you know she went to jay we with us but she just started working there and she every day she would ask me yo eugene where are the black people because we work in the sales and marketing departments and the demographics of departments like that are not very diverse. Um, so she'd be like, Eugene, where are the where are the black people at? Where are the black people? We're like, well, look, join this group and you'll meet other black because a lot of people are remote and not in the office, and they're in completely different departments. So they may be on different floors and we don't see each other all the time. So this is a meetup for all the black people, regardless of what department you're in, sales, marketing customer service, supplier services, whatever, for all of us to come together and be able to talk, you know, just as Black people. And this is the first company I've ever been at that a group like that wasn't just a group text or, hey, we're all going to schedule our lunch at the same time so that we can come together and talk. Like, this is, the whole company knows, yeah, this is, it's an actual resource. The whole company knows about it. It's not, you know, a secret, a secret Teams chat that we use, like, this is out in the open for the whole company to see. But it's so necessary. And I feel like I have become the old black person who's like, get what you can and get out to everybody that I meet. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. even in my position, I'm like, hey, I see what you're able to do. I see your potential. You don't want to stay here long term. You don't want to be doing this forever. Get what you can, get the experience and go do something else. What is the something else? Because I feel like in every arena that we enter into in which we are the minority, which obviously it's 13% of the population that's everywhere in this country, it is always the elders saying to us, get what you need to get and get out and go somewhere. Like, but, but what is the something else? What can you we follow just your flourish heart. and prosper in? I mean... Listen, my heart about to leave I- me to bed. It's late. No, besides that, <laughs> you clearly have enough energy to play a game if allowed. But first of all, I'm, passion, I'm, I'm hmm. watching the end of the Clippers Bulls game. I'm not playing. So anything. you're letting the listeners know that you're not playing a game tonight. You're just watching one. Just watching. I watch basketball every week. Every week we do this, and then I start playing. So the you game care about you, you care about basketball more than you care about the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Hey, can, can the listener uh, detect a drop off in my quality? Huh? I'm I'm out here. I'm out here putting up Iverson numbers. I right? you talking about practice? I might talk about practice. Hard, 
Mr. He got one extra listener this week and all the PPFs. <laughs> one. <laughs> and they may not have made it this far. And it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we we've been going a long time. So how about y'all wrap this up, B? How about that? I mean, you presented the question of what's the what's the other, and essentially that's the other. Like you, our older generations were taught to work, get married, create some form of a living, but set you know stay the course, whether you like it or not. You have to feed your family, and so you have a lot of older black people that stay within these roles or with jobs just simply because you know they got to make money they got to pay bills and so no they meet us and younger and say no get what you need and go don't sit here thinking maybe I can change my career after I have kids or after this or after that don't do it now if you want to do something then do it do it now don't don't end up like on Viv (laughs) you know what I actually I feel like (laughs) we should end here We'll put a little pin in that, and that can be part two of this episode, where we kind of talk about that chasing your dreams versus. See, this is this is good podcasting right here because you see, I ignored him the entire time and just kept going. (laughs) But now I think we can we can talk about that in the next episode. You know what? That, that tension of chasing your dreams versus doing what our parents had to do and say, nah, I just got to take care of these responsibilities. Like, at, at what point do you let go? What does it, the side hustle look like? As a man of many projects, I feel like I can speak to this a little bit. Yeah, that's all you. That's your wheelhouse. Nah, it's yeah, yours too, because we're going to get you really... into this where you need to be. Not really no freelance person, but I, I respect it. You you know exactly what I'm talking about. Working on that pen oh, game. Wait. It's all right. We this, this is I don't, I don't write. I don't fan, I don't fan, fan. He fan, don't read. Fan. How is right? I don't write. You're not gonna Yo. say I don't read. I don't I I prefer audiobooks. I take in the same information, so just listen, a different you don't way. Read. You listen. You, this is there's a distinction that needs to be made there. But I take in the same information that you're reading, you're looking at the information. I'm just listening to it. Eugene was the kid that used to go throw his bedtime stories on his parents' bed because he was <laughs> so. Actually, I did it. We didn't do bedtime stories. I just watched TV until I fell asleep. <laughs> now we understand. <laughs> and this is why you don't read now. <laughs> now we understand. But from a purely, from a neurological standpoint and the way in which your brain synapses fire and all that, there is a difference between what did you just say, Doc? Bill Nye? <laughs> what did you just say? See, your you brain read, don't process information the, the same mm-hmm. when you no. when you just listen to it versus reading it. There's certain levels and types of brain activity that only occurs. Babylon team. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know something I learned about, about Claude from the time I've known him when I first met him? the professors would get so angry because he would throw all these big words in the simplest form of a question. All these words, all these unnecessary <laughs> words, T.I. Maybe like 7.30 in the morning. What big word did I use? What big word did I use? You talking about synthesizers and spokesmanopolishes? <laughs> <laughs> you said no. What? Oh, what? man. What was that class that we, it was just the two of us and the only black people was uh, the cool dude. I forget his name. That might have been but Macro. You used, or micro. 
Yeah, you use socioeconomic something one morning. And when I tell you his normally straight pushback hair kind of ruffled a bit, he was like, uh, we're, we're not talking about that. Do you even know what that word means? <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> first ask. Of all, first of all, the fact that a professor with this, again, shows you the quality of our education, that an economics professor was ruffled by me using the word socioeconomic is a problem. It was 7.30 in the morning. No one has questions. You the, you the professor. The you teach this stuff. You shouldn't be thrown off. all the blind chicks A's for a he reason. Sure, he sure did. He he what was his name? It was the white guy. He was. He had. The, oh. He was like Italian. He had the gel back slick. Oh, uh, uh, I know. Who I can't think about. His I, name. I didn't have him for economics. I had the he, other white. He drove guy the orange Murano. What? Right? Why because he bought it. That? Because he bought it on eBay. And remember, this was. Why do you know this? This was because this was like 2006. Like buying a car on the internet so was a how, very weird that's thing. He was pulling them, uh-huh. and he told like he told us about it in class. He's like, yeah, you know, I drove down to Atlanta and I, I looked at it and I gave the guy a check and I drove back all on eBay. Like it was. I remember he told one of the girls in the class. He was like, yeah. She was like, I just have a question. He was like, yeah, after class, you know, I'll, I'll take you over to Marriott. I'll buy you a cookie. We can talk about it. The cookies are free. <laughs> oh. The cookies are free. You, you don't have to talk to her over there. We have we have common lounges. We we have um your office. He didn't have an office in the building. They all did, but he wanted to, you know. But there were like three hotels right cookies. next to our campus. Yeah. So it was one hotel. It was the Omni. There was wasn't there a Marriott? That wasn't that wasn't well, right he's, next to the campus. He's considering, yeah. I guess the business classes were. Good. That was a double tree. Oh whatever, whatever. It's the, all the same to me. The you the, worked at all. Way, so. The dumb cookies were free. All right, we so off the rails. We we in a different place now. Uh, what did you guys do to take oh, care of yourselves? This don't week? Read. <laughs> I, you're not you're not gonna shame me. I will not be shamed. I'm taking the same information y'all do, just in a different way. My my synthesizers, but not mm-hmm. my 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 synthesizers don't spodiody dopalicious oh, <laughs> or whatever the whatever Claude said. Hey, it's just they, not they don't the same. do that. No, it's not gonna be. It doesn't have to be the same. Again, from a brain health standpoint. Oh my god, I'm trying to I'm trying to put it in simple words for y'all. For your brain to work good, you should read books, not just listen. To books. Why are you talking like that? I find it offensive. <laughs> You're talking to me like that. I find it offensive. I find it offensive. <laughs> that's my that's my SAT word, offensive. Yo, know, I use the word nomenclature in a in an interview. Use the, the word day. what? Nomadic? <laughs> you yeah. used il- you used illmatic. Okay. All right. <laughs> what? That's not what he said. Norman McNor McDonald? Nomenclature. <laughs> it's, it is your system for naming things. What and was that? I okay, could we, see... we gotta we gotta have a new segment. It's gonna be Claude's <laughs> word. It's not of like the day. we need to have a spelling bee, yeah. Claude Yo, spelling, spelling bee. I'm fired at spelling bee. Y'all do word I, I bet. Yeah, I do word. I got it today. Did, did y'all get epoxy the other day? I, that must I have been the day that I missed. I that was Sunday. I missed it. I was started. I had started it Sunday, and then I forgot to go back to it. What's and I messed up my. You street. wait. 
You don't know what Wordle is? You don't know I keep Wordle. hearing you don't about Wordle. it, but I haven't joined. But you don't I Wordle? Don't Son, I Wordle. The last you haven't joined big, it. It's not Clubhouse. Last, <laughs> but no, because remember the last like Word thing that everybody was on was uh, Words and Friends or whatever? That was I, literally 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do any of that stuff anymore. Like, but I, I'm wrong for not reading books. I read books. <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> Not well, so you got Wordle. time. You got time. <laughs> Tomisha. <laughs> Tommy and Tomisha. <laughs> so Wordle is a game where you get five chances okay. to guess a five-letter word, but you can it's only one a day. So you get that one word for the day, and that's it. It's math. But then there's Quirtle, which is Wordle on steroids, where it's four quadrants and you get nine guesses for four words, four or five letter words. It's math fine. That doesn't sound like fun at all. This dude is the Harry wow. Potter water. Okay. Oh, and then there's Wordle. Wordle is where they all give right. you the outline Wordle. of a country. And Wordle. you got to... Because I, I say the word funny. Like, if Wordle. I say Wordle. 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 Oh, I, I got a like over for you. I had a sentence for, for both of you. And I can't think of it right now. That means it wasn't important. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it next. I know, no, no, no. You're supposed to say it because you're from New York. And it was going to sound ridiculous. And it might not sound bad for you, Jay. Because he's from the South? Because he's from Charlotte? Y'all not, y'all not about to play me. Because he, he, yeah, he's, he's from not Charlotte. From the South. We, we're talking about what we did for our, what we did for our <laughs> oh, oh, now, oh, now we're talking about what we did for our house. We're talking about what we did. You're talking about Wodo and Norman Clay. Oh, you said Norman Clay. I'm very proud of you for getting that. I've literally been saying it in my head for like the past three minutes because I really wanted to figure <laughs> out how to say it? it. Yeah, I did. Norman, man, y'all got me missing Top Chef right now. This mug went from the game. To- okay. So, is, so is that is that what you did for your health? Watching Top Shelf? Well, that is one of the things, but I think we should really just rename this segment. Um, me and Eugene played basketball in the last two weeks. I have not. I have not played. Oh, you haven't played. My- my knee is still sore from the yeah. last time I played. So when I played. Was, when was the last time you played? It was last week. Like yeah, last week. My, mind your little business. <laughs> but your knee is still sore. Well, <laughs> it started. It's it started feeling better, and now I was like, oh, I'm good to go. And then it got even more sore. Listen, we are so men I'm, of a certain age. All right. I'm currently sitting here. With, I'm currently sitting here with a sleeve on my knee. I understand. Yeah. I played last I'm week, back. and I played last night. And I, um, I told, I told you the story because me and Eugene talk on the phone like three times a week. But I'm gonna tell the, the audience. Okay. I played last week, and you know, most of, for the most part, I go out. I'm just, I'm there to run and sweat at this age, unless I'm playing in the league. I'm cardio. not going, I'm not going super hard. I'm going for the cardio. But there was this one dude there last week. That was just talking and talking and talking. And he brought the old me out. I, I used trash talk that I swore I was never going to use anymore. Because he just brought that side out of me. He had shit. cussing? No, nah, I, didn't, I didn't cuss. So this is, this is what I did, right? You don't trash told him, talk? Him. I told him I was not. You know, I, I did some really that's, bad trash that is talk a, one time. That's a part of my defense. Oh, I know. But, I, <laughs> you know, I trash talked this dude so bad. And everybody in the gym laughed at him. And I felt bad. And it was in that moment, I was like, hey, I'm only trash talking if I'm with friends. Never oh, again. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good night. Nah, I felt bad. So this dude playing last week, he was like, I oh, you're just talking trash. I was like, yo, 
I will give you 12 feet of room on every single shot. I don't believe in you. He's like, a word, a word. So he gets the ball and I, I move all the way back. He missed the shot. He goes for a second shot in a row. And I yell, he's open for a reason. Of course, he missed the shot. And I yell, he's with us. I grab the rebound, <laughs> push it down the court, pull up to the three-point line before the ball is even up. I said, this is how you're supposed to do it. Bang, hit the oh, shot. You hit, him, you hit him with the Andre Drummond peace sign. Came back him, down. The- came back down again, gave him 12 feet of room. Now he's going for his third shot in a row. His teammates are mad at him now. And I said, go ahead, let me see what you got, little man. He put the shot up, oh. missed. Yeah, he came with your people, D. He came with your people, D. (laughs) Came back down the court, posted him up. And I'm like, yo, I got a baby on me. Give me the ball. So the whole time I'm backing him down, I'm like, you fool. You fool. Bang. Spin around, hit the layup. Game over. His team all mad at him. I felt good. You hit him with, that's like Denzel talking trash to Ray Allen and he got game. Mm -hmm. That was that type of trash. Not not even when he would. That's like talking trash to young Jesus Shuttlesworth when he made him yeah. cry. Yeah, I was. Oh, wow. It wasn't my finest hour, but I played really well, and I was out for blood. Now, I I accept and endorse all trash talk. Oh, I know playing you basketball. I know. I only deal with friends now. Oh, no, I trust anybody. I don't care if I don't know you. Like if I don't know you, that makes it even better. Because now people are gonna laugh. Like I'm, a, I'm gonna call you a player usually from like the early '90s, maybe the '80s, and I'm just gonna keep calling you that and getting your head. And then once you start missing, then I'm going to talk about how you're missing all of your shots. I actually, I did that last night. There was this guy that looked like El DeBarge. So the whole wow. night, I was like, Yo, I got DeBarge. I got DeBarge. Here he coming. Here he coming. Yeah. <laughs> One day somebody is gonna beat you, beat you guys up, and I just want you to be safe. Oh no, not here. me! I'm because you know I'm a big, I'm Eugene, a big guy. You can't Ain't run right now, or no, I can't. for the foreseeable no. future, you can't run. So I can run. I just, it just hurts. <laughs> if I if I need to run, I can. It's just it's just gonna hurt. But what would you do for your self care this week? Um, for my self care, I. Literally did nothing. I turned my phone off. I respect and it. It upset my mom, but as it should. Between her, between so her upsetting your mom was your form of self care. No, no, no. I, that my intent cruel. was not to upset her. My intent was to have some quiet and mm. prayer time by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, as of lately. My mom and a close friend of mine, you know, they, they call me quite often to make sure I'm okay to check on me, which that's what people do that care about you. Um, but sometimes I just don't need my phone to make any type of noise. And so I turn it off. And that's what I did. I respect that. Best week ever. I respect that. I do not feel myself care. You, said, you, 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 you saw me. We said self-care. Self-sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. No, I actually, I think I mentioned this last time, but I actually stopped eating fried food. And did you get that last piece of chicken? Oh, after I you, sure yeah, did. you had the wings. I sure I had the wings, and I've been going through withdrawals because <laughs> I really want some fried chicken. <laughs> 
Have you had a dream about fried chicken yet? No. So when I cut out mm-hmm. sugar for two nights in a row, I had a dream that I literally was like swimming in, in a pool of Cinnabon mm-hmm. with like extra oh, icing. God. I and I was like, I know it's the devil. Forever. I know it's the devil. Yo, I, so you'll I'm, know you're succeeding when you dream about it. Man. Sugar withdrawals, though, are that's coming off cocaine, man. Oh, it's different. It's different. It's different than coming off cocaine. Tell us about your time coming <laughs> off of cocaine. <laughs> I never come off cocaine, but I don't know how different. So I you're still different. on it. Okay. It's probably not to the same degree. But no, okay. I, I, I haven't ever experienced that so i can't wow for me to just get a little bit more nerdy uh they have done experiments (laughs) they have done experiments on mice where they've shown that uh cocaine and sugar light up the same pleasure centers in the brain and when given a choice mice have chosen sugar over cocaine thank you bill nye (laughs) that's what i do that's what i do baby really appreciate it Thank you, Dr. Ben Carson. Ben Barson. <laughs> yeah, we were at the Black History Museum and we rolled up on the Ben Carson picture. And yeah. my daughter was like, oh, daddy, who's that? And I was like, man, I think I, I just have to tell you about pre-2014 Ben Carson. Yeah. And just pretend. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep it. You got to keep it current. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's so enough. what did you do? For your self care, did you answer? Did you already answered. All right, it's time to go to bed. Do, I played. I played ball ourselves? and I bought and I bought bone marrow. Wait, wait, wait. that you was part of your self care. You ball. Hold on, yeah. hold on. You bought bone marrow. Yes, yeah, so I, I bought a bunch of. You, I'm gonna roast it, roast the bone marrow, and it's kind of gelatinous, and you scoop it out. It's kind of what gelatinous. It turns into a gelatin or something of soft substance in the middle and you can actually crack it open and just scoop it out yeah. it's something that the, the island people do mm-hmm. little sea little sea salt and lime that collagen is good for you because oh, yeah. cooking stuff with meat on it is just i cook stuff with meat on it i actually i will have you know that i cooked some baked chicken last night and i took it to work for lunch today and one of my coworkers looked at it and said, hey, where did you order that from? I said, sir, I did not order this. I made this. He's like, I, I, I said, you go ahead, Paula Dean. I, I, wow, Paula <laughs> Dean. Wow. <laughs> well, I make the food that y'all, y'all ends love. But he, he thought my food was takeout. You slipped some baked bake chicken. And fed the others. I didn't feed anyone else mm-hmm. besides my family. He just looked at it and was like, wow, that looks good. Like that looks like it's from a restaurant. I said, Well, thank you, sir. Was he black? No, he wasn't. Yeah, I ain't think so. <laughs> no. Was the chicken light skin? Or did it have the chicken? The chick the chicken had color. So you trying to play me, yo. What you, what you seasoned it with? You trying to play me. The same four seasons as always. <laughs> <laughs> Garlic powder, seasoned salt, Italian. That was salty. Let me, okay. let me <laughs> finish. Yeah, what's, what's your blood pressure look like, beloved? My blood pressure is normal. I don't I'm know sure. the actual number. No, I'm sure it's normal. It's normal. I, why, why would my blood pressure be up? 
because of those seasons. All that seasons. salt. I didn't put a lot yeah, of seasons season salt on there. It wasn't a lot and of seasons. Garlic powder is the main season. I put garlic powder on literally everything. My Am goodness. I not supposed to do that? Okay, Are we not? We're not supposed to use garlic powder. What's, what season we should books, I use? It will tell you that you should be using all of these so books again. <laughs> go with these books. <laughs> Send me the audio book from that that you learned that in. This guy. All right, yo. Okay. <laughs> thank y'all for listening <laughs> to another episode. But y'all yeah. really don't use garlic powder though. I mean, I use it, but not on everything. Yeah. Not, you have a chop up fresh garlic? Seasoning. Huh? You have a chop up fresh garlic? garlic? This takes too much time. This guy. That takes too much time. He won't even turn a page. I don't know why I expected you to cook fresh garlic. <laughs> Listen, Gene, if they only leave five stars on this podcast, what are they going to catch? Ooh, I was about to say something really problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they're going to ca- catch grandma's hands. <laughs> Because I was going to say they was going to catch something else. <laughs> As you can see, it's very late. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Thank you for once again kicking it with the homies. We out. My. Kicking it with the homies. Kicking it with the homies. Kicking it with the homies. Oh.